Yeah, we don't we don't mess around here on Man on a Mission. We got uh, Brad Lee today. I don't think this guy needs much of an introduction. He crosses many different domains, and his content is just ripping across the world right now. One of the things that I greatly admire about Brad is his ability to really speak real truth. There's something different about you that appeals. If you were to float up to 50,000 feet, how would you self-critique yourself? This man on a mission. My mission is to get the knowledge from the people who have it to the people who need it because the reason people fail or aren't where they want to be is because they don't have the right information. Nobody's intentionally trying to lose. Nobody's intentionally trying to stay at $80,000 a year. At one point, I realized my dad probably didn't ever become successful because he didn't have the right information. So I want to literally get the information from the people who have it to the people who need it and I'm one of them. Yeah, we don't we don't mess around here on Man on a Mission. We got uh, Brad Lee today. I don't think he needs much of an introduction. I'm looking at my camera right now for this intro, but I don't think this guy needs much of an introduction. I was just at a political event this weekend with some of the biggest names in politics. I had a, a, a one-on-one uh, with uh, Robert Kennedy Jr., just some interesting figures out in the game. And it was funny, a few of these people wanted to follow me. So I was in their phone, um, some of these pe- these big donors to political parties, and I noticed something in common with a handful of them. I'd get into their page, and I'd see mutual alignments as I'm like searching things, and a lot of these people are following Brad Lee. Now, these people are not big in the world of personal development. They're, you know, these are political people. They don't really know how to use social media, but sure as shit, I see Brad Lee's face there. I, I noticed that a few odd times. Yeah this last week. He does not need an introduction. He crosses many different domains and his content is just ripping across the world right now, particularly here in America, obviously. So Brad, I'm excited to be able to get beneath the surface a little bit with you. We want to drop some bombs of our own. And, um, and I'll just add this one last thing in the intro. And I just told Brad this in the little pre-show banter we had, we didn't have much time there, but one of the things that I greatly admire about Brad is his ability to really speak real truth from, from the perspective that I have, his truth, a lot of these areas that Brad goes, uh, they shouldn't be controversial, but unfortunately in the world that we're in, they are. And a lot of people with the influence that Brad has and the voice box that he has, they won't use that. And, um, and that's sort of our mission here is to always go so where truth is and punch hard and not give a fuck what people think, not be so politically correct. And, and I love that Brad can cross into some of these areas where I think it's detrimental because America has a big problem right now and the trajectory of this country from our perspective, um, it's not so great. So it's going to take a lot of people that are willing to step up to the plate and step into the light. And, and uh, Brad is one of those people. So Brad, welcome to the show, man. We're honored yeah, to have welcome, you. Brad. Well, thanks for having me. <clears throat> that was a hell of an introduction. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who's following me from the political. <laughs> yeah, true story. Well, um, one of the things we do on the show, Brad, it's uh, we don't have to stay here, but we we really like to start with the lows in someone's life. I know you got a good story. I know your story, and um, it, it was an honor getting to see you speak several times now, and actually getting to meet you in person. So. Um, I want to give the audience just a touch and where you came from in that background of, of the lows in your life. And usually what we do is as we get closer to your mission, we extract a lot of gold, a lot of resources, a lot of valuable information all the way up to like what you're doing and what your mission on life is. But if you could take us back to the Bradley that you wouldn't recognize in a mirror, I'd love to start there if you don't mind. You know, I think I'd still recognize all versions of me. Um, mm. I grew up in a kind of blue collar family. I, I wish, I wish I could, you know, say it was 
walking uphill both ways in the snow and had to carry a baked potato to keep my hands warm. And that's yeah. why I, what I had to eat for lunch and, you know, this, that, and the other thing. But, you know, we always had food. We always had clothes. I'd say we were lower income, um, not, not low class. You know, there's middle class, upper class, then supposedly low class. Well, we had class. We were just low income. My dad had five kids. And so, you know, he was a little strapped, blue collar worker. My whole family's pretty much blue collar. But other than that, I mean, you know, I thought I had a great childhood. I don't really think to myself, what were my low points? Um, someone asked me once, because I was homeless on the beach in L.A. once, and mm. I slept on the beach for a couple of weeks. People said, well, what what you feel like when you hit rock bottom? And I said, I don't think I've ever hit rock bottom. They're like, didn't you hmm. say you were homeless? Yeah, but like first, first of it was a beach, number one. Number two, I chose to be there. Number three, that's not rock bottom. And if somebody thinks that's rock bottom, I think they've lived a, a little bit of a sheltered life because I can think mm-hmm. of a million things worse than sleeping on a beach voluntarily. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's mindset right there. Yeah, most people would say that's rock bottom. You don't have a, a secure place to live. Um, you know, you don't have those some of the securities that I think people look for to kind of give them a sense that they've made it at least to a comfortable place in life. That alone may be perceived as rock bottom. It, it, it's probably the reason so many people like you is your ability to always have a silver lining or positive spin. Most of your content, even though you, you cut pretty hard, you're funny as hell. But beneath the surface of of you is a very practical mindset that always recognizes this grateful piece that I think is really crucial for forward momentum to take place in your life. Your ability to see sunshine and and fresh air is a gift, man. And I think it's one of the things that's lacking in America overall is so many people are victims. This is a victim mentality that that we're exposed to day and night, and especially with our children. Guys like you, if you really listen to what you're saying, you speak, this is that truth that I keep talking about, and, and I want more of it. I, I love this stuff. I, I thrive on it myself, being able, always able to find the grateful piece. But at some point from the beach to where you're at now, you had to get some clarity on something. It was going to start becoming the spark towards the Bradley that we see today. Well, again, I think when I look back, I honestly believe that you know I've always kind of been the same person, um, Hmm. my whole life, really. Um, even, even like six years old, they gave me a box of candy bars. I don't know if you heard that story, but they told me to go sell candy bars. So I went and started knocking on the doors and had to develop a pitch because they weren't selling after the first four or five houses. I put the box behind my back, knocked on the door. When they opened it, I said, do you have a phone number to the good, to a good roof repairman? They'd go, what? And I'd say, because when you taste one of these, you're going to go through the roof. <laughs> I had all my candy bars. And I was selling like everybody else's that couldn't sell their candy bars. So I was always kind of, you know, innovative, I guess, uh, looking back. But to me, it's like, listen, if you really want to make sure you're going to be successful in life, number one, learn to sell. A lot of people, mm-hmm. you know, try to get away from sales. They think they're no good at it. And, you know, they literally talk themselves out of it when in reality, everybody is in sales one way or the other. Hmm. Most people have been selling themselves short their whole life, you know, and and that's part of their problem. But to me, like when you said before, you said, well, you didn't have a secure place to live. I would rather be homeless on the beach than in a secure place to live. Cause when I think secure place to live, wouldn't that be prison? Isn't prison pretty secure? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I don't want to live in a secure place 
uh, necessarily. Yeah. Because to me, it can always be worse. The, the gratitude, I think, is really what makes me a little bit different than most people. And I think sure. it's my perspective yeah. that the gratitude causes to shift. So I always say, if I gave you a million dollars, would you be happy? People are like, well, yeah, I'd be excited. You know, there'd be no problems in the world if you just handed me a million cash, no strings attached. And I said, but if you can't wake up the next day, would you take it? They said, of course not. So you sure. value waking up more than a million dollars. They say, yes. Well, then how can we don't act like that when yeah. we wake up? So it's I've really just good. trained my brain over the years to understand that waking up, simply waking up is the most incredible like in other words you're not trying to get something during the day that's more valuable than that which yeah. means you wake up every morning with the gift so valuable most people just take it for granted i don't yeah. i realize that is an unbelievable gift there's nothing i could achieve during the day that would outweigh the value of this which causes me to smile and get up and start attacking yeah. the day because i get in my mind opportunities all day long even if some people would call them challenges or some people would call them rock bottom or problems I don't see him as problems. I see as as op- I see him as opportunities. Yeah, Brad, if you that was good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was One thing, really good. Um, you know, if you look at the content of your speech and your content of your message and your your story, obviously you're contributing in the domain of sales and a lot of you know mindset stuff. But there's something different about you that appeals. Like you're you're hitting quite an influence in the country. If you were to float up to fifty thousand feet. And just like impersonally look at your own self. What is it about the man, your way of being, that wins so much trust with people? Like, how would you self critique yourself? I would say more than anything, authenticity. Like, yeah, I agree. You, when you when you know someone's being authentic, you yeah. I think tend to trust them more. Yeah. And trust goes a long way. I mean, I would rather people trust me than like me. You know, if you, yeah. if you, if you like me, but you don't trust me, you right. know, I, in other words, I'd rather be in a situation of trust than like any day. Like yeah. I might like you, um, but I don't trust you. So I won't let you stay at my house. Yeah. But if I don't necessarily like you, but I completely trust you, well then, you know, I might not let you stay at my house because I don't like you. But at the end of the day, if you had to stay at my house, I'd, I'd much rather trust that you're not going to kill me and my family. Sure. You know what I mean? yeah. So I think authenticity is probably why. I don't know. Um, I always ask myself, you know, why don't I, why don't I have more followers? Like, yeah. I, I don't think I have that many. I want like zillions and millions and, you know, I think to myself, you know, I just want to help people. My, my mission in life, this man on a mission, my mission is to get the knowledge from the people who have it to the people who need it. Because the reason people fail or aren't where they want to be is because they don't have the right information. Nobody's intentionally trying to lose. Nobody's intentionally trying to stay at $80,000 a year. They don't, they don't have the right information to get to the next level. So I am lucky. I get to go around and meet all these badasses subject matter experts, mindset experts, sales experts, business experts, investment experts because of my software. So at one point I realized my dad probably didn't ever become successful because he didn't have the right information. So I want to literally get the information from the people who have it to the people who need it. And I'm one of them. So it's like, I started, you know, thinking to myself, well, why don't I just start talking about what I believe on social media? Yeah. And bring what everybody else has to social media. 
Yeah. And so that's, that's kind of where the followers began, you know, uh, yeah. with that initiative, but that's now my mission. Yeah. That's well, fantastic. that authenticity piece is crucial. I love the whole concept of waking up is worth more than a million dollars. That alone will change the perspective of your day. Yeah, and I loved your point on security. What I heard you say was the comfort bubble of security is actually slavery. And a lot of people get trapped in it. And I think it's being indoctrinated into our children's uh, more now than ever, this, uh, this victim mentality that we keep touching into. And it seems like you're the type of voice that is exactly what America needs is you see politicians fail this country generation after generation. And it seems that the trajectory is only getting worse. This is why I decided to step into the light outside of my core businesses. This became my mission and, and it's, and it started as a passion project. But what I realized now is I was meant to do this shit, but I think it was pe- people like you that really gave me the, the okay to go ahead and do it too. So I thank you for that. I, I brought on Ed Milet. He really was a gift in my life as a, as a mentor and a one-on-one personal coach to, to do. It's almost like I needed permission myself, but now I want to inspire other people that have any kind of perspective worthwhile, any kind of, uh, of, of anything to give worthwhile to community to step out of the comfort zone onto a camera and speak to these young children who are just being raped in real time all across this country, quite literally actually, but, uh, but also metaphorically. These, um, these poor kids don't have a chance, and I feel like freedom is slowly disappearing. Through entrepreneurship, I think it is one of the biggest gifts that you can like give a, a young mindset. You have light speed. I'm very interested in, in the concept of light speed. I, I've considered hiring you myself as I take on this new world of influence and impact. Um, but can you walk us through? I want to give your company a plug here for sure, because you're right. It was one of your be- biggest connectors in your world was the ability to meet such profound people because you had a product and a service that was your great connector in life. And now you're leveraging that in the marketplace in so many unique ways. And this is such a story lesson right here for people that may have a good connector in their businesses, how to leverage it to the next level like Brad Lee's doing. Um, but if you could maybe touch on Lightspeed for a minute, what you do, um, how you grew it, what you want to do with it, how you're going to scale it even further. I think we, a little lesson inside this box would be really good, Brad. Well, Lightspeed VT uh, is a web-based interactive training and communication platform that I developed awesome. to, to originally get my training out there. Hmm. And I, it was 1999 when we started, and a lot of people don't realize this, but there wasn't training online in 1999. Yeah, uh, There wasn't platforms, technology, systems, right. and, and, and offerings. So when I needed one, I had to build my own. And so I literally started the online learning movement back in 1999. Uh, what happened was I started helping people with sales and closing. And I started to recognize how easily I could show people how to make money. So where if you're not making 10, 20, $30,000 a month, I mean, and back then, by the way, it's, that's probably the equivalent of me saying, if you're not making 40, 50, 60,000 a month now, you know, I can show you how to do it. Like, it's not that difficult. Uh, a lot of people will say it's difficult, but that's because there's three things that they have a problem with. Mindset, skill set, or habits. It's always your mindset, skill set, yeah. habits. So when people are listening to this and they're like, well, it's not that easy, Brad. Yes, it is that easy. You just have a mindset problem surrounding it. So you don't believe that it's that easy, which is why it's not easy. But anyway, I help people learn to sell, close, and persuade. Easily showing them how to make unbelievable amounts of money, even at young ages, from literally nothing, minimum wage. 
And it made me feel good watching how money impacted their families. I saw like really good families become a lot closer, a lot happier, a lot more vibrant. And I mm. thought to myself, man, I'm going to quit my job and go do this for a living. So this was a 99. So I went out to compete with Grant Cardone and Joe Verde and Tom Hopkins and Zig Ziglar and Brian Tracy and all these people. I mean, I had, uh, you know, heard of them, but nobody's heard of me. That was the sure. problem. So I go out on the road and I realized that this training wasn't working like it used to. And so I figured out the four things that are necessary to actually train people. And I set out to set up a technology that could deliver those. So the four ingredients were good content, repetition, practice, and accountability. See, when I was working for a company, I would hire someone, train them without knowing it, give them good content, repetition, practice, and accountability. And when I quit to go out on the road, I couldn't deliver the, the, the repetition, the practice, or the accountability because I didn't work mm -hmm. there. I was just delivering the good content, running my mouth. Yeah. And plus, I was out on the road living out of a hotel, which I didn't like. So I thought to myself, man, I need a, there's a better way of doing this. So I figured, hey, I heard about this internet thing. What if I could create a kind of a web-based training where I pop up and tell them what I want to tell them, just like I was in real life, but it's on the internet and we could track it and we could do all this. Long story short, I developed the Lightspeed VT system for my own training. Went out, started to find a little bit of success. Uh, ultimately ran into a bunch of competition saying we use... Grant Cardone, we use Joe Verde, we use Brian Tracy, we use all these other people. And I said, well, what if I had those people on this system? Would you buy it then? And they said, yes. So I said, hmm. And again, this is common sense to me. Everyone's like, wow, how'd you think of that? Yeah. It's like, dude, it's called common sense, man. Everybody <laughs> said they'd buy my shit if I had other people on my shit. And I'm like, okay, well then let me go get the other people to yeah. be on my shit. So I went and started closing the people that were teaching people to close. And then, and then pretty soon I started closing them. So I got, you know, all these different people on my platform, on my technology that I made for myself by just taking my content out and putting theirs in yeah. and putting their name on it. Mm. And then I'm like, just give me a little piece of the revenue that you get and you can use all my shit for free. Right. They agreed. So I started basically private labeling my software to all these other people. And the next thing, you know, old Jed's a millionaire. Right. Now, that caused me to be able to hang out with all these subject matter experts and all of these, you know, thought leaders because they were using my technology to deliver their training and education. Yeah. It, you know, and after, um, you know, 24 years in the game, you know, and literally starting the space, I started the space. It's, yeah. it's, when I think back, I think to myself, man, that's kind of, I could Amazing. literally say and, and, and not be lying that I am the, the, Pioneer. the father, the father of the online learning space. It's wow. amazing. Yeah, that yeah, you are the pioneer. The first that's a yeah. the road I wrote down a long time ago when you first started talking about 1999. That's a pioneer that's right a there in the space. I love pioneers. These are the guys that like literally start movements. So this is really yeah, cool, Brad. <laughs> Eric, there's a problem with pioneers. They're the ones with the arrows in their back. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, what what were some of those arrows? Pioneers get the arrows and settlers get the land. Settlers, interesting. Yeah, you don't always want to be a pioneer. What were some of the, uh, obviously you flew under the radar by private labeling it, but like, what were some of those early arrows? How'd you keep growing? Well, I just kept believing, you know, naively perhaps that I was, you know, this far from being a millionaire. I literally tell people I'm going to write a book one day called uh, 90 Days, but days is going to be spelled D-A-Z-E. <laughs> how do you get anything you want in 90 days? 
Yeah. Because literally when I started the company, I truly believed in 90 days I was going to be a multimillionaire. This is going to be the craziest thing. Everyone's going to want it. So 90 days later, of course, I wasn't, I wasn't there. But every time someone would ask me, you know, how's it going? I would literally and honestly believe that I was 90 days away from all hell yeah. bust and loose and becoming successful and rich like a son of a bitch. And so like every, I don't know, year or two, someone would run into me and be like, well, how's it going? And I'd be like, bro, 90 days. And people started <laughs> to say, Dude, you say 90 days every time I see you. And I'm like, yeah. I know, but dude, trust me, yeah. this 90 days is unbelievable. <laughs> I've got this working and that working. And I'm telling you right now, 90 yeah. days, it, I'm done. I'm like multi, multi, multi-millionaire. That's and awesome. I honestly believed that it was 90 days away for 24 years. Yeah. And that's how you get anything you want in life. You yeah. in 90 days, I mean, you figure out what it is that you want. You look down and start busting your ass for 90 days. You look up after 90 days. And if you're not where you wanted to be, just look back down and bust your ass for another 90 days and look back up at the end of 90 days. If you're not where you want to be, look back down and bust your ass for 90 days. And eventually you will pop up one of those yeah. 90 day increments and you'll be like, well, I've arrived. Yeah. And that's how you get anything and anywhere in 90 days. You just yeah. break big. There's a, if someone would have told me it would take me 20 years. I never would have. I never would have. That's amazing. There's this uh, behavioral study with rats and they drop a rat in a bucket of water. And typically they drowned in like eight minutes or something like that. But if they save the rat at seven minutes and 50 seconds, take it out of the water, throw it back in the bucket. Guess how long it, it'll swim. Forever. It'll swim like 60 hours. Seriously? Yeah. It's bananas. So these rats, hours. because they know there's like, if they just keep swimming. So if you drop a rat in, it'll, it'll drown in eight minutes or whatever the minute framework huh. is. You take them out just once and then put them back in. They have an experience of like living or making Scar it. tissue, yeah. Yeah, and it's like they'll, they'll actually go for 60 hours yeah. after that. Like I we can don't, see the relation to that. I hear that story. in your story. You're, yeah. like just, you're like the rat is like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to just trust me. <laughs> the next three months, just stay yeah. with me. It's amazing. Some of the, I, some, I believed it the whole time, man. I, th- I literally thought, like, if you ask me right now, 90 days from now, my company should be, you yeah. know, way bigger than it is right now. Because there's just so many things working that in 90 days, man, things massively change. And even today, yeah. I think to myself, you're still that way. 90 days from now, it's going to be incredible. So I've trained my brain just to think yeah. in 90 day increments. And li- I've been drunk longer than that. Like anyone yeah. can do 90 days. Yeah, yeah, man, that's, that's awesome. That's true, though. The, the, best, the best stories, though. I mean, there's so many good ones. I'm thinking of Phil Knight, Shoe Dog, one of the best books. I just love the journey of founders and entrepreneurs yeah. that have these dreams and how they bring these dreams to life. Oftentimes, this is a long game, and if yeah. you don't have a system for staying in the game when most people are going to fold, then you'll fold. Um, and another thing I like that you said, Brad, uh, and, and, I, and I'm I'm really big on this. I try to teach this a lot when and where I can. The power of proximity. Your business gave gave you access and proximity to some great people. Your ability to understand the value of that content and how to leverage it is really crucial. And and so many people, they're blind to this this concept of how important proximity is. And then they're even blinder to the whole concept of how to leverage it in the marketplace. And again, you want to leverage it with heart, with soul, with passion. You want to bring good value to the table. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, though, 
um, people that learn how to master this and then, and then bring value to the table along the way are the ones that really can start moving mountains. And I've seen it in my own life, the power of proximity. You start getting around the right people, not only are they contagious, but even being seen with them sort of instantly elevates you with them. You know, you kind of instantly start swimming a little different like a shark. Your skin's a little thicker like a shark. And uh, people then start looking at you like, oh, he must be a shark too. So I love this concept of proximity and how you leveraged it in your business. You know, that's 100% accurate what you just said. You know, I always tell this story. One time my dad and I, we were driving to the mall. And this was in 1976, November 25th, in fact, 1976. Hmm. And he sees a commotion at the hotel. It turns out Elvis Presley's at the hotel. So he says, hey, let's go meet Elvis. So we walk in there to meet Elvis, and there's security guards and the big old crowds being stopped by ropes and everything. And my dad goes, oh, I guess we can't meet Elvis. So I said, why is that? And he said, well, because, they're, look, they're stopping us. And when I looked over, man, <laughs> I didn't see everybody being stopped, and I didn't see ropes and security guards. I just saw a clear path where I wanted to go the, between the legs of everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and I could see exactly you know, where the, the, the suite's door, doors were. And so I just basically darted in, in between everybody's legs and made my way to the freaking door and the door is opened and Elvis walks out and he pats me on the head and says, how you doing little man? And turns around and walks away. And literally Elvis's coolness transferred to me. Yeah. Like I went back towards the crowd where my dad still was being held back <laughs> and, and uh, everybody was freaking out because you know, it was almost like I was Elvis. Like he That's touched amazing. me on the head. Now everybody wanted to touch me. I was <laughs> the kid that Elvis touched and I was like the most, famous person for that five seconds yeah and it was literally because elvis touched me and everybody like his coolness transferred to me there's yeah, two lessons so in that story by the way he, he touched on on uh, the transfer of the power of proximity yeah. but he also had a clear pathway to something that his dad couldn't see the yes. clear pathway to like so often people put up their own roadblocks and it's yeah. so crazy how people that just open. can see a little differently, like he sees at a different level. A little kid has different obstacles than a parent does, but there's a story somehow in that and people's limitations on what they, what they put themselves in. He got himself right where he wanted to be because he didn't see the obstacles that his dad saw. And somehow I think that's a, probably a bigger lesson in this story than anything. You know, it's great that you said that, that also from a different perspective, because as you said that, yeah. I'm like, uh, my dad being taller than I was, <laughs> yeah. was, you know, could see from his perspective, me from being yeah. down here saw from a different perspective. And that's what I keep trying to tell people, just shift your perspective. And, sure. and the whole thing is gratitude is what does it for me. Yeah. You know, I, I literally, and honestly sounds cheesy sometimes or cliche, but I literally, and honestly find the good in most things like, yeah. You know, I say most things because not everything. Um, like the other day, the other day, uh, I, I'm on a I'm on a plane, and my for some reason FaceTime comes through. Well, it's one of my it's my little eight year old daughter Kendall, and I'm like she's FaceTiming me, which is crazy. But I'm a rebel, so what do I do? I answer it right on the flight. I don't yeah. care. So I flip it open. I'm like, hey, hey, boo, and 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 she's bawling her eyes out. And all oh, I heard her say, and, and again, the, the, the FaceTime came through at, let's say, 20,000 feet because we were probably 20 to 30 minutes yeah. from landing. So it shouldn't even have came through. And I saw her bawling. And, I, and, I, and, I, and I, uh, all she said was, Chloe, who's my 18-month-old baby, Chloe was in the pool. 
Oh, God. Oh, man. That's like making my stomach sick. Dude, my stomach sank, trust me. Man. And then the phone went dead. Oh, hmm. my God. And she's bawling. I've never seen her, like, look this way. Wow. So I'm texting. I'm trying to call. There's no connection. I can't call. Hmm. I'm, text- I'm texting my wife. No answer. And by the way, I've got internet on the plane, so I'm texting. Texts are going through. No answer. No answer. No answer. But the call won't go through. Um, so then, like, within three to four minutes, my wife is now calling on FaceTime. Because apparently FaceTime works and phone yeah. calls don't. Wi-Fi. So I slide over the phone, and I've never seen her look this way. She's completely white. She's bawling her eyes out. And she said, Chloe was in the pool. I'm like, unbelievable. My heart is like, like I, I had nothing positive about this whole situation. Like, yeah. there are times where I'm not going to find the good in shit. And I'm sure there's people out there that have been through some things that there was nothing good about it. Okay, yeah. but, okay, fortunately, uh, I heard her crying as my wife was talking. Uh-huh. And I said, but I hear her crying. Actually, no, the phone went dead. Again. Again. And so I'm like trying to get a hold. No, 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 no. I had to land before I could get signal to call her back. And I said, what the fuck is going yeah. on? She said, well, Chloe was in the pool. And I said, I hear her crying. She says, yes, she's crying. I'm like, well, then why is everybody fucking bawling? Yeah. <laughs> why is everybody crying? Because she was in the pool. You know, but yeah, she was in the pool for like 63 seconds. She was blue in the face. Oh, man. Eyes open. My wife had to find her that way. Any longer, she would have been dead. For some reason, you know, we were blessed. And again, I always say I'm one of the luckiest people on the planet, and I really am. And I'm willing to roll the dice, which makes me even more lucky. Because if you're lucky, but you won't roll the dice, what's the point? So I'm lucky, and I'm willing to roll the dice. And, you know, that moment just made me realize what are you chasing after? What is everybody after? I've already got my little girls. I've already got their health. We've already got our health. Like, believe it or not, if everybody just stopped to appreciate and be grateful for what they currently have, they wouldn't be so worried about why they can't get what it is they truly want, which by the way is nine times out of 10, not what they truly want. True. Yeah. I agree. Tell us, I was intrigued to learn that you have a big family. Do you is seven children? Seven kids, yeah. That's amazing. Tell I just to get to know the man more. Tell us uh, about your family. Say that one more time. I got to, my family. No, we hear them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Them. Speak over him. your family. Like uh, I'd love to hear. Like, Babe, I'm on a call. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I've never. Heard I mean, them. I'm just. I have four kids and I'm just amazed that you're doing what you're doing in the world with seven kids. And, uh, I think it's awesome. Like, tell us, tell, what is, what does your family mean to you? Well, you know, it's seven kids from four women, you know, and I can explain cause that sounds a bit trashy, but <laughs> when I was, when I was 17 years old, I had sex once and yeah. a child came from it. Yeah. One time, by the way, first time and one time. Wow. Boom kid now there's nothing trashy about that a lot of no no it happens yeah did you guys do it in high school i did so like you know yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. so so i i decided oh that's not good i better not do anything then i waited till i was 19 well the second time i did it once 
Uh, Another kid. It. So yeah. now two different women, two kids. I'm 19 years old. <laughs> Super sperm. It, it was. It was. What, what's funny is one time, one time my wife or someone came over to our house and my wife was pregnant. And she, I guess they were trying to get pregnant. And she goes, babe, I want to get pregnant like Melissa. And I'm like, well, then you'd have to come over more often. <laughs> um, but, but in reality, uh, so now I've got two kids by 19 years old, obviously irresponsible, no money, blue collar family. No one's helping yeah. me choose. No one's guiding me. No one's counseling me. So yeah. I didn't really, uh, let's say, I didn't do the responsible thing. I didn't marry them or anything like that. Yeah. I was a little bit irresponsible. Thank God they were good women and they, you know, took care of the babies because uh, I sure didn't. But, you know, I had to pay child support and all that crap. But I was still running around immature and stupid. Coincidentally, I got those both go, those girls when they were 14. Apparently, they were, you know, running their moms ragged. So they came with me at 14. But I got married after that, had two boys. She wanted to be the boss. I, you know, that position was taken because I don't like being told what to do. So I basically, after 10 years, told her, look, if we can't, if we can't seem to figure out who's boss, well, then I guess we'll have to break up. So there's two more, three women, right? So now I got four kids, three women. There's nothing wrong with this so far. I was married for two. First one was once. The same one was once. You're good, Brad. Well, it sounds bad, but it's not. Um, But my oldest is 37. Incredible, man. You look so young. And my youngest is 22 months. So I've got 22 months, eight years old, 10 years old, 26 years yeah. old, 28 years old, 35 years old, and 38 years old. Oh, you that's look, amazing. You look great, man. How old are you? Yeah, you do look good. 54. Yeah. You look great. Good for you, Brad. Yeah. Thank you, Brad Slate. And you know what I love about Brad? Like, he's such a good storyteller. He, he, he ropes you in, you know what I mean? I think the art of storytelling is a really, it's a superpower. It's another powerful, yeah. like, tactics. That, that Brad fully that. leverages. Yeah, yeah. I would agree. Yeah, it's People good, like man. Stories, man. People like yeah. stories. It I moves the needle. Maybe that, I think your question earlier: Why do people like me? Maybe that's why. Because you know, I tell, I tell most of everything I do is I tell stories. People hire me to speak. You know, I get like fifty thousand dollars to go talk for for an hour. Yeah, awesome. And all I'm doing is all I'm doing is telling them stories of things that I've learned. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in the history of humanity, if you go back, this blows my mind, a century or a thousand years ago, most kings couldn't read. I mean, we've just told stories. That's all yeah, we do. A, That's we're we're storytelling creatures. Stories. Yeah. Um, yeah. Storytelling. Um, content. I, I wanted to get with content. We're all, you know, a lot of people that are naturally drawn to the kind of the space that we work in, or they're looking for secrets. They're looking for, you know, we just had, a, we we're doing four podcasts today. We just had a guy named Elliot Rowe on. Uh, he's, he's, uh, actually Dan Fleischman hired him as a, as a mindset coach. Um, and Elliot has, has, has coached some of the, the, you know, best gamblers in the world, uh, biggest CEOs in the world, uh, athletes, uh, celebrities, the likes. He's, it was a really interesting interview that we had, but really going after sort of the secret that separates people that win in life and, and, and the ones that don't. And I just see a lot of common things when, when we talk to high performers or people that, that you know, really, it's in, especially now, they step into the light. They're not afraid to tell their story. They're getting in front of a camera. 
I recognize more and more and more the power of, of, of uh, this capacity to, to put out content, to put out a message. And uh, you talked a lot about authenticity. I think a lot of people try to do it and they get out of that safety bubble a little bit and then it doesn't feel that great. So they jump back into it. I don't know. I don't know if it's that easy to break through or if you really can break through if you're not being authentic. I think it's the real ones that really are the ones that succeed in this game. But everyone's trying to mimic it in kind of a half-ass way. Uh, for me, it was like I had to like bear my soul to the world because I was so insecure until I finally got around people like you. That's what helped really pull me into the light and understand what it's going to take that I was going to have to not give a shit what anybody thought. And I had to just close my eyes and just fucking let my, my true self come out. And fortunately enough, it works, but a lot of people are trying to mimic this and, and do the, and do play this game. At the end of the day though, like what, what's your advice for these entrepreneurs who are trying to break out and use content in their world and build a brand around this idea of personal brand? Um, I'm sure there's a lot of value you can give to someone that is interested in really breaking through and, and trying to leverage the power of content. Yeah, well, I would say, you know, that's why my shirt says real and my brand is real. <laughs> I um, saw that, yeah. It, it, at the end of the day, a personal brand has allowed me to build <clears throat> multiple eight-figure companies in the last two years when it took me 24 years. Well, it didn't take me that long, but... sure. I'd it. say it took me eight to 12 years to make Lightspeed a million dollar company, probably 15 to 20 years to make it a multi-million dollar company, uh, or let's say an eight figure company. Um, and it took me a couple years to build a few more just with a personal brand. So number one, personal brand Powerful. is massively valuable. Ma that's why they pay me 50 grand to speak every time is because of my personal brand it has nothing to do with anything else. So, so what I see people doing incorrectly is they're trying to figure out what to create for content hmm. when they need to be the content. The content. Hmm. So, so I, I keep trying to tell people, be the content. Like, what does that mean? Well, film yourself being yourself. Film yourself doing what you do, talking how you talk to whom you talk to. Like, when you see my social media posts, that is me being me throughout my day. Like a lot of people say, yeah. you're always behind your desk. That's because I'm always at my desk, man. I work there. Yeah. So, so, you know, Hey, you're always out on the balcony smoking a cigar. That's because I'm out on that's the balcony smoking a cigar during my breaks and shit. Yeah. Yeah. So I, that's not me creating content. That's me being me while I'm being filmed. So obviously you can create in a way where I say, for example, Hey, ask me some questions that you would want to know as a 23 year old camera camera guy. So he'll say, he'll ask me a question and then I'll answer that question. We'll also figure out what are the most searched terms on the internet. Um, because if someone's searching for it, well, Bradley has an opinion on it, I'm sure. Yeah. So I'll have them ask me, you know, topics about what's being searched, the most, you know, relevant things. Smart. Yeah. And, 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 but it's still me talking to someone being me smoking my cigar. I, I don't remember there's a camera on me. But here's the biggest thing. Most people have what's called allodoxophobia. If you look that word up, A-L-L-O-D-O-X-O-phobia, P-H-O-B-I-A, allodoxophobia. It's basically the fear of other people's opinion. Yeah. And for some reason, everybody has it to some degree. I don't really have it very much. Now, when I say very much is because like if someone says, Brad, you want people to like you? Of course, I want people to like me. 
You want people to like think you're cool? Of course I do. The, the, the difference is, is I don't care if they don't. You see what I'm saying? Like, I want you to think I'm cool. I want you to like my content. But if you don't, I'm okay with that. Why? Yeah. Because I realize, number one, you can't please everyone. Yeah. And if you and if you listen to life, life will tell you that you that you have to choose. You know, are you going to make your parents happy? You're going to make your friends happy? Are you going to make your, you know, who, who are you going to make happy? You got to choose. True. But what they don't tell you is that you are an option. <laughs> so you so people are picking these people or those people, and they're not realizing that they're an option. You can make That's your good. fucking self happy, dipshit. Love it. Yeah. And when it comes to me being happy, I got to be honest with you. If I'm trying to give the world my best, I got to be happy because if I'm not happy, I guarantee you, you're not happy. So, so if I'm not happy, they're not happy. Well, dude, I choose me. I'll say it to my wife. I'll say it to people. I'm the most important person in my life and you should be too. And I don't care what people think about that because the only reason if they don't think that that should be the case is they're just uh, misinformed. They're just not enlightened yeah. yet. You should be the most important person in your life. If you love your family as much as you claim you do, then you need to put yourself first so you can be the best for them. Yeah. By putting them first, you're, you're, you're not being your best. Sure. But the allodoxophobia is what causes people not to do things and not to post on social media and not to build a personal brand or to do so inauthentically. So they're saying things that they think this person wants to hear and they don't yeah. want to piss off this side and that side. Like someone asked me the other day, what do you think about the you know, Israel-Palestine thing? How come you're not posting anything about it? Well, number one, you don't have to post about shit just because everybody thinks you should. Okay. First of all, go fuck yourself. That's what I think. <laughs> Second of all, I believe, I don't believe in, in any kind of killing. You know, I, I'm not with Israel and I'm not with Palestine. I'm with fucking number one. I'm technically with the United States of America. My right. boy, Andy, my, my boy, Andy Frisella had a video the other day. I'm watching him. I think he's the only one on planet earth that would have thought the same thing I did. Cause when they asked me, who do you stand with? Hmm. I stand with America, bro. I'm yeah. American. I think we should be fucking worried about our own people. Agreed. Now, do I want babies being killed? No. Do no. I want innocents being killed? No. And there's no. innocents on both sides, man. There's yeah. Israelis that are fucking killing innocent Palestinians, and there's Palestinians killing innocent Israelis. I'm not. I don't stand with either of those. Yeah. I well, don't stand with that shit. I stand with America, though. Yeah. Why? Because I'm American, and I think we have our we have big problems here, and I think Huge. you need worrying so much about what's happening out there in the world and start worrying about what's happening here because I'm telling you right now there's some serious shit going on I agree yeah. it bring it, you know I'm going to connect your point about taking care of you first so that you can show up better for the people that you love your family your employees all that I'll connect it to this point right here with America America's weakness that has literally just been fast forward in a way that I've never seen. And it's compounded in unique ways. COVID literally opened up the doors to so much fraud and really just, it was a crippling effect as it comes to elections. It's bad. But you look at how when America doesn't take care of herself, what happens around the world? It actually, you, if we focus on yeah. strong America, we worry about our, our freedoms and, 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 and really are the best and highest use for this country. 
I think you could see into the Trump years, really, when you focus on America, energy independence. I mean, you think about before COVID happened, China was on their knees. American energy independence was at an all-time high. There was no wars during that time. Um, the worldwide stability at that time may have been the best ever in American history when you consider he's one of the few presidents that had operated a four-year span with literally no wars. And then magically, this little engineered bug pops out of Wuhan, uh, China of all fucking places. But again, it's a unique kind of connection point. It's probably a stretch, but I think it's all the same. When you worry about yourself, your ability to to create good around you is far better uh, yeah. than, than focusing on things that don't have anything to do with yourself. I mean, you diagnose it, Brad. It's a uh, political alipoxophobia. I mean, the, mm-hmm. when the country's worried about yeah. approval, opinions of other countries about us, but you know, just like you're like, hey, I'm number one in my life. Yeah, a strong Brad Lee creates Our stability nation, around him. You know, the America first 100%. thing. 100%. It's psychologically sound. America first. Yeah, this is a bad situation, though, in this country. I, I, this is why I like Brad Lee, because he sort of goes there. Some people are too scared of the, the algorithm or this or that. Yeah, I like yeah. that Brad will go where he wants to go. He's unapologetic. But, I, you know, I stand really with a lot of the sentiment that's beneath the surface of what he's saying. And I think it's good for America. It's good for children yeah. that are coming up in the game where they're literally the victims of so much bullshit and, like, weird nonsense sense that's really sickening as you see their little neural pathways developing as small children. All these people, like a government has become God. They've stripped God away from everything. And, and now government's becoming the parents. They're stripping parents out of the equation. You need Bradleys in the world. There should be more Bradleys that pop up. And, and that's what's inspired me is people like you that I admire. And I say, you know what? I'm going to step out of, into my, out of my comfort zone too. And I hope to inspire the next generation beneath me. And that's kind of the whole point of this show, this man on the mission idea, the concept of the whole thing is, well, number one, it's, it's kind of taboo to say man these days. So fuck it. Let's say man on a mission. Yeah. You know, it's funny. We, we hired a, a, a marketing group when we first started the show. And uh, we were talking about the names, idea for the show. And they're like, you sure you want to do man on a mission? I said, fuck, you, just you saying that. Man, man, man. Like, yeah, fuck yeah. you, man, man, Two man, man. Yeah. But, uh, but it's because of guys like you, Brad. So I'm always giving thanks. I'm grateful for people like you that are, in my opinion, kind of doing God's work. Because when you can better yourself first, get your shit right first. It be a disciplined human, do the hard thing, show up. And it really, that's what leads, I think, to moral conviction. And, and really, like, getting connected to a higher power often starts with you, like getting you fucking right first in your own mind. You give the green light to do that, man. So really, really happy to, uh, to have you out in the world doing Bradley-like shit. Well, I appreciate that, man. You know, it means a lot. Uh, I, I'm glad I'm making an impact. You know, you if, are. if there's people that need a little need a little, uh, let's call it a formula to, to, to become more like Brad or more confident. <laughs> I would say more confident more than like me. Cause again, you don't want to yeah. be like me. You want to no. be like you, but, sure. but you want to be more confidently you. So yeah. one of the things I, I did is I developed these six steps or actually I realized this is what I did to, to kind of become that yeah. way. But ultimately I call them the sacred six. It's very simple. Yeah. First thing you do is forgive yourself. Most people won't do that. Hmm. They don't know how, it's very simple. You just literally say you forgive yourself. It's that easy. People are like, yeah. well, yeah, it's not that easy. See, again, mindset issue. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it is that easy. You forgive yourself. You choose to forgive yourself. Then you commit to do what you say you're going to do. It's a very simple thing to do. You just commit to do what you say you're going to do. Now, if you're so worried about you know all the hard things you're going to have to do because you commit, just quit agreeing to do hard things. It's so easy 
to not agree. Like you just don't agree. Like, Hey, you want me to work out? I ain't agreeing to that. Why? Cause I got to do what I say I'm going to do. And I yeah. do what I say I'm going to do. So I'm not agreeing to work out. I'm not agreeing to go do all your bullshit, hard work crap yet. Why? Yeah. Because I'm, because I have to do it if I agree that I'll do it. So yeah. commit to do what you say you're going to do simple. And then three, start racking up wins. People are like, what do you mean? Listen, every single day you can win all day long if you determine what wins are. Like, for example, I honestly believe, funny that you just did that. I honestly believe that when I drink water, I'm winning. it's a win. Yeah. <laughs> so every day I'm drinking a drink of water. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. I'm Win, a winner, dude. Woo! And, and people can be like, oh, dude, both stupid. No, dude, that's your opinion. My opinion is yeah. I'm going to start racking up the wins all day long. I want to yeah. win all day long so I feel like a winner because confidence is really just the memory of success. It's the memory of winning. Yeah. So so if you want to be more confident, you have to win a lot. If you lose a lot, you're, you're literally going to feel like a loser. If you win a lot, you're literally going to feel like a winner. So how do we feel like a winner? Win. Win all goddamn day. I love it. Okay? Yeah. Wake up in the morning a little earlier than you wanted to. Win. Brush yeah. your fucking teeth, huh? Win. Drink some water. Eat something nutritious. Go win. get your heart rate elevated. Win, win, win. I'm winning all goddamn day, dude. Yeah, I love I'm it. I'm winning all day. I make one extra phone call. I shake one more hand. I do one more podcast. I write one more book whatever or chapter, whatever it is you do, man, do a little bit more, do more, get more, believe it or not. So you win all day long. It's a simple principle. Everyone acts like it's complicated. You get to choose what a win is, not the world. The world doesn't get to decide what a win is. So you can make something stupid a win. Hey, if I, if I turn off my phone during lunch, that's a win. You get to decide. So make your wins smaller all day long. And so now you start to feel more like a winner, believe it or not. And this isn't an overnight thing, but here's what happens. You start to feel more like a winner. Then you start to stand up a little taller and you start to look around your, your life and you start to realize, man, I can do better than this. And more, and, and more importantly, you think I can, I deserve better than this. Yeah. And here's what happens. You start to realize you can do better than you're doing and you deserve better than you're getting. And so all of a sudden you start to freaking really start moving and hustling and thinking differently. And then people start comp, you know, commenting on your newfound confidence. And then that's usually what pulls people back. So, so the right. fourth thing I tell people to do is just block out all the nonsense and the bullshit. You have to literally, I call it hate and headlines, like block out the hate, block out the headlines. Yeah. Stop listening to people. They will literally convince you that you're not worth all this newfound enthusiasm for your abilities. And by the way, if you want to raise your net worth, raise your self-worth. Okay. And this is how you do it. So you block out all the negativity. Then step five, you visualize exactly where you want to go every single day. You run it through a filter that says, am I moving towards or away from this goal? So, so literally map out and visualize exactly what success looks like to you. Because a lot of people, when you go, matter of fact, from now on, on your, on your future podcasts, do the Bradley question. Well, there's two Bradley questions. One is, uh, one is, would you rather work for $20 million or just get handed a hundred million? And most people, by the way, will say, I'd rather get, I'd rather work for 20 million, which is the dumbest answer ever. (laughs) 
But but anyway, so you want to map out and visualize. But but if you ask if you ask your guests, hey, tell me what success is to you. You'll see yeah. most of them go like this. Um, <laughs> yeah, and because they don't really do much thinking about it. So yeah. what I recommend people do is not only do much thinking, but really get specific as to what success literally looks like to you. So you can determine whether you're moving towards or away. Cause a lot of so people good. are going through life. They don't know what success they're looks vague. like. But they're hoping to find it. Yeah. They don't, they can't describe it, but they're hoping to run into it. It's stupid. Yeah. If you good want point. to be intentional, figure out what it looks like. I call it map out and visualize every day. Visualization works what success looks like, yep. then every day, all you do is ask yourself one question. Am I moving towards or away? And if you're moving yep. towards, great. If you're moving away, stop. Yeah. And by the way, sometimes we move away even though we know it's moving away because we're, we're rationalizing weakness. And ultimately it's because deep down subconsciously, we don't believe we're worth any better. And so we will do whatever we need to do to keep us from moving ahead. So there's people in the world that are doomed for life because they will not do these six steps enough to get out of that zone and literally believe that they're worth more. Because you ever notice like you're starting to do pretty well, then all of a sudden you do something stupid and you fuck up your momentum. Sure. It's because deep down, dude, you know you're not supposed to win. Somebody in, in your life has convinced you along the way, probably you, but somebody's convinced you along the way that, dude, you are not worth this. You're not supposed to be here. Yeah. So what we do is we, we, our subconscious mind causes us to create some sort of decision that, that moves us backwards because we're, we're making too much progress. This, yeah. isn't, this isn't right. And so, and so this is how you fix it. You, 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 you seek new information. Every single day, I'm looking for new information. I'm, I'm, I'm seeking new information. And I'm not talking about reading a shampoo bottle while you're taking a shit. I'm talking about books. I'm talking about real knowledge. Because the reason we're getting what we're getting is because we're doing what we're doing. The reason we're doing what we're doing is because we believe what we believe. Yeah. That's why we do what we do is because of our beliefs. And they don't need to be true just to make them a belief. If you believe something, it doesn't make it true. It just, it's just that's your beliefs. So at the end of the day, your beliefs cause your actions. Your actions cause your results. Your beliefs cause your choices. Your beliefs are why you do what you do. Nobody can argue this. Somebody debate me. And once everybody says, no, he's right, that is technically true. Okay, then how do we change our beliefs? Because in order to change our actions and our behaviors, we have to change our beliefs. So the only way to change a belief is to get new information. Because if you only possess the information you've always had, you will never get a changed belief. The only way to believe something new is to get new information. And knowing this, should inspire people to seek new information every day. I want new information. I want new information every day. And guess what I get every day? New information, a little bit smaller, a little bit smarter. Hey, didn't, didn't, ooh, hey, 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 ooh, hey. Next thing you know, I'm more valuable. Next thing you know, I'm making different decisions. Next thing you know, I'm making more money. I'm having better relationships. I And I start having what's called self worth. I start to fucking actually believe, God damn it. 
I'm worth something too. Everybody can fuck off. How about that? How about <laughs> fuck you? I've got my own opinion. How about yeah. fuck you? There's nothing wrong with me having an opinion. And then people start to go, you're arrogant, but you're already trained. You go, shut the fuck up. I don't care what you think. And by the way, it's not arrogance. It's, it's, it's confidence. It's certainty. Yeah. By the way, there is, there is such a thing as arrogance. Arrogance is running around thinking that you're great with no merit behind it. Okay, right. That's not what I'm talking about. Yeah. Get new information. You start to feel like you're worth more. And guess what, guys? I'm here to tell you, you are worth more. Okay, we all are all worth more. I hate when people say, you know, I need to reach my potential. Folks, we're human beings created by God. In my belief, you're never going to live up to your potential because it's unlimited, fool. How are you going to reach it? It doesn't end. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good, you, you do the sacred six, man. You, you, you forgive yourself. Okay. Everyone deserves a second chance. We were forgiven. We are forgiven. Forgive yourself now. Commit to do what you say you're going to do. Start racking up the wins on a regular basis every day. Uh, Lock on noise. Get rid of, yeah, get rid of all the negative people in your life. If they're talking shit to you, man, blow them out. People, oh, you want a bunch of yes people around? No, but I don't want a bunch of fucking assholes trying to pull me back in their shitty ass low frequency scarcity yeah. mindset buckets. Map out and visualize what success looks like so I can determine whether I'm moving towards or away. It's so simple. Am I moving towards or away? Like, I want to get a six-pack. Well, uh, I'm about to go have a cheeseburger. Does that move me towards or away? Well, of course it moves me away. Okay, so quit fucking eating the cheeseburgers, fat ass. You want abs? Start working out. Start eating right. Yeah, but, yeah, but, no, those are rationalizations. It's your subconscious literally making it tough for you, which, by the way, it is tough, guys. Adversity and challenges are how I think God weeds out the undeserving. You want something? Okay, here. Oh, I got to get up and work for it? Oh, shit, I got to be uncomfortable? Ah, forget it. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be uncomfortable. But at the end of the day, that's how it's done. You want to build your self-worth? That's how you build your net worth. But you build your self-worth by freaking these six steps. Uh map out and visualize what success looks like and then seek new information on a daily basis. You do that, I'm telling you, over a 90 to 120 day period. You're, you'll look back if you truly do what I'm telling you to do. You will look back in 90 to 120 days, 90 days. See, there's 90 days again. But you'll look back in 90 days and you'll think to yourself, son of a bitch, dude. I've, yeah. I'm, I'm a different person. Yeah. You're, you, you'll think you're more capable You'll think you deserve more and you are well on your way to getting more because in order to get more, dude, you have to freaking do more. Yeah. yeah. You have that's sacred six. You deserve that's it. Good. Yeah. That's undeniable. That's a formula that would work in anyone's life. You pair that up with real accountability, bring it on really a coach or a mentor in your life on top of that yeah, yeah. to hold you accountable to all this stuff. Cause it's a lot of people put out this framework or something like it. And then it's so easy for them to not keep the promises they make to themselves, which is your literally your second thing you talked about. Yeah. So you'd have to stay disciplined at number two before any of this would even matter. And I just feel like that's where most people fail is like they, they can lie to themselves so easily. But, um, you know, some sort of accountability piece on top of that, maybe what, what someone may need to make that even come yeah, true in walk the first out. place. But I like racking up wins. I feel like when you start racking up wins and those become systematized in your life, even small things that seem like they don't matter, yeah. 
just dumb shit. It, but what yeah. happens is you keep moving the goalpost little bit by little bit, and pretty soon you're you're kind of a whole different person. Yeah. And so your new normal was the old person's goals. And if you keep moving that goalpost with adding on new wins, you can literally transform o- overnight. I really liked what you said. You had a quote. I don't even know if, if I, I never heard it said this way before. That confidence is the memory of success, of co- the yeah, memory of winning. I really like that description of confidence. Uh, um, I'd never heard it said that way before. And the last point that I wrote down that I thought was good is, uh, would you rather work for $20 million or be handed $100 million? And uh, you're stupid. For I love it. <laughs> so good. Like, that's yeah. Bradley shit right there. I love it, man. So good. No, it's so well, good. People will always answer 90% of the time, maybe even 95 or 98. Shocking. I'd rather, I'd rather earn 20 million yeah. than be handed a hundred million. And I always Such say, liars. Yeah. I always say to myself, well, why, why is that? And they That's say, well, because you know, if in a scarcity mindset at the end of the day, it's because they go, well, because if I earned it and, and anything happened, scarcity, I would be able to earn it again. If you handed it to me, I wouldn't be able to know, I wouldn't be able to earn it again. Listen, you can lose 20 million and learn the same shit. Okay? Yeah. You can lose 20 million and still have 80 million dipshit. And I think no most of these people reason. are lying. Yeah. They're yeah. telling no yeah. reason anybody needs to freaking work for 20 million when someone will hand it to you. It's true. Well, if it's worth, if it's worth yeah. anything, it's worth working for. All yeah. the old things we've all heard is why, is why they're conditioned to believe yeah. I'd rather take $80 million less yeah. than this. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. so stupid. It's, it's so conditioned. Stupid. It's way. It's, it's the way. It's the way we were taught growing up. Everybody's yeah. trying to learn new shit. I keep saying, dude. First, some some of you guys need to unlearn. Yeah. Some shit. This might go back actually to your authenticity piece, if you think about it, because I think most of these people are full of shit. But they are telling you what they think you want to hear. Yeah. It's, but deep down, like people approval. are fucking. That's yeah, bullshit. Yeah. I'll take a hundred million. It. Like if that's a. I listen, if I take a hundred million right now, like I still have the same mindset that I have, which is you got me this far. I'm taking a hundred million. Of course. Like the 20 million, like that I'm going to have to work for like that to me, it's such a, that's such a bullshit lie that you would say you would go that route, but it sounds good. It pencils really nicely to talk about how, you know, it'll mean more. But at the end of the day, it doesn't change where you're at already when that offer happens. I'd rather work for it, Eric. I'd rather work (laughs) for it. Yeah, yeah. Give me the hundred million. Appearance. Like, They're, actually, no, I, don't, <laughs> I don't want anything handed to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's alapoxophobia. It. They're worried I, about I think how those people, people are being inauthentic. Aladoxophobia. Aladoxophobia. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love learning new. Okay, but start asking your guests. Like, if you guys do a few more today, ask yeah, your yeah. guests. Out of curiosity, if you could get handed a hundred million or yep. work for twenty million, which would you prefer? And you yeah. would be amazed how many people say yeah, I'm shocked oh, you're saying nine out of ten, man. We uh Brad, we have we're we're interview it's kind of an interesting interview we're doing later today. We're interviewing Dr. Robert Malone. He was the uh, inventor that yeah. yeah, you know, and I spent I just spent the last week with him in person. So it's cool he's gonna do this show. I got to hang out with him all week, but and I really like, he guy's a genius. He's just so smart. But I like he's one of the few truth tellers that's out there. And he's coming from literally one of the most scientific, like unique backgrounds out. He's one of the smartest people in the world, like literally, quite literally. Joe Rogan really blew him up during COVID when he was like, hold on guys, this mRNA shit is not good. He's the inventor of it, quite literally, of this whole vaccine. Now, 
you know, I, we, this is going to be a really interesting interview, and we bring it, we want to get really deep on there, Brad. I figured I'd just I'd tee it up for you. What what should we be talking to uh, to Doctor Malone about? What, what are what some would you things? Ask? Yeah, what would curious, Bradley ask? Random, but curious. What well, I'd be asking him: What can people do that were already foolish enough to get the vaccine, or or pressured into getting it? Because a lot sure. of people, a lot of people got the vaccine. And I guarantee you, they're scared shitless right they now. They got fucked. Yeah, they so, got fucked. So again, is there anything they can do? I'd want them, sure. I'd want my Good. listeners to know. Hey, this is what you should do if you if you got pressured into it. Because I, mean, I know I know people that got one. vaccinated. Like my partner in one of my companies got vaccinated. My assistant yeah. got vaccinated. My assistant and my partner voted for fucking Biden. Believe it or not. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, well, Brad, I can't believe you'd be friends with those people. Listen, I don't care sure, shit. your, your yeah, political yeah. views. Like, dude, you're, you're entitled to fucking vote for idiots if yeah. you choose to. But but what can you do now that good you're point. jabbed? So I'd want to know that or I'd want people to know that. Sure. Um, good. I would also want to know, like, in his mind, like, what's what's likely to happen now that it's out because because yeah. i want to know what's likely to happen because now i hear there's mnr mrna vaccines going into all the animals yeah yeah he there's, talked about that this week. there's mrna uh vaccine shit in our food now food, like, yeah we're all doomed i'd want to know something like that and then i yeah, just yeah. listen and go with the flow i don't have a bunch of when i Neither do, do I. people i don't have i did dr peter mccullough he's another oh you uh, did He's good. Um, but I don't have a bunch of questions ahead of time. I just ask myself, what do I want to know? Like, yeah, it's human care. nature. Yeah, yeah, in other words, I, I forget that I even have listeners. Like, what yeah. do I want to know? And then I'll talk about yeah. that. But from my listener perspective, I would say, man, if I were listening to your show, I would hope that you asked, what do I do that I'm, because I yeah. already got vaccinated. It's too late. I can't say yeah. no anymore. Yeah. Now what do I do? Yeah. 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 We, we definitely will go there. That's and that's, that's a really good question. There's a lot of places you could go. But one of the things I'm really interested in is really the, the political sort of nature around science these days and truth in and of itself. This guy has been, you know, even on Wikipedia, Matt was just saying that they're, they, they call him a conspiracy theorist. This is one of literally the most pre COVID was one of the most respected mindsets in the world. And now all this big media, all this big tech, these guys are just destroying people. And they've created the illusion of truth where it's so hard to navigate for the average mindset that can't, that doesn't have a lot of resources, just the average, you know, 25 year old out there is trying to make it. They are so consumed with, with lies and bullshit. And I do feel it's part of my mission to try to help bring truth and just actual, just regular, like, um, just the instincts of like what a solid guy should be just simple shit. I don't need to get too deep in the weeds on it, but how do you cancel fucking someone that is that smart, that has that great of a reputation? This is evil shit, man. And what my biggest fear is, Brad, is that COVID on demand is happening. And, and I was just with uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. this weekend, and he talked a lot about this, that they now have the playbook. Anytime they want to fucking bring up some virus, they're already talking about the next ones that are coming. This is scary shit because this is totalitarianism at its finest. He called it on-demand totalitarianism, where they can, I'm probably saying that word a little off, but where they can literally turn it on and off as they see fit to kind of move the needle. And um, elections are a scary thing. You know, I, I grew up in Nevada. I lived in Idaho. This is a true story. I've lived in Idaho for almost 13 years. That last 2020 election, this is a true story. I live on, on a lake in Hayden Lake. I've, I've lived here since 2015, but I got in that 2020 election in the mailbox, there was a ballot for my wife, Jeanette, and me from the state of Nevada for the general election. 
First of all, that's, that's, they're pulling up old voter logs. They're figuring out a new address in Idaho, which I don't know how they connected that dot. And I'm not even registered to vote in Nevada. I voted in Idaho several times now that I've lived up here in Coeur d'Alene. But the point is, is number one, that's massive like fraud right there that they're creating an opportunity for me to vote, putting it to my new address and uh, in Idaho when I'm not registered to vote there. So I threw it in the trash. I did call a 1-800 number trying to rate. There's no one to talk to. No one gives a shit. After that election, I made it a point to call. You can't see who you voted for, but you can call to see if a, a vote had been cast in your name. And sure as shit, yeah. There was a vote in the state of Nevada cast under my name and under my wife's name. And I voted in Idaho. So technically on paper, I committed fraud. And my point is this. You look at all these swing states, all these districts. You know, I, I was just hanging out with Carrie Lake this weekend. You look at it, what happened to her down in Arizona. My biggest fear, Brad, is this illusion of freedom is now a, a, a gone. And this is a banana republic. And COVID was what allowed them to push through all these things that allowed this massive fraud to take place. I mean, in some districts, there's more votes than fucking people. Like this is insanity right now. And that's what allowed Biden to sit in that basement so calm and so cool for that entire election cycle as we watch this country slowly get destroyed. These are some of the worries that I have. And, and my job, instead of being mad at the TV, was to go out and make noise and to help impact. And this is one of the, the things, the reasons I do what I do. But Man, this kind of stuff is what really bothers me most at night, but at least I have an outlet to pour into. I, I'm doing something. I'm getting listeners. I'm impacting people around me. I'm creating my own little economy, but this is some really scary shit, man. And if this is true, that this is going to be an on-demand thing for the, for the future generations they're going to have to deal with, including our future you know, generations for us or the future decades for us this is something that's really hard to fight against and it's really fucking scary. And I think it's, there should be more priority put on this than most people realize. I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah. you don't want to go down that rabbit hole with me. I'll get you freaking impressed. <laughs> yeah. Well, how do you, Brad, how do you discern that? Like whether or not to touch that rabbit hole in a public. Yeah. Medium? That's a good question. Because yeah. you're, how far you do got, you want to go? You've got influence and you could, uh, there's a billion things on the planet you could take a stand for. So yeah. it's not wise to fight every fight. How do you personally discern that with your own influence, whether to talk about X or Y well, or Z? Deal, number one, number one, the only reason I have influence is because they quote unquote allow it. In other words, the <laughs> second I don't say what they want me to say, yeah, right. they will shut my accounts down and no one will know who the fuck I am at all. It happens quick. It happens all the time. There's people. It who, does. There's, there's shit happening that you don't even know about because the media won't talk about it. Oh, and the media terrible. won't talk about it because the media is owned by they. And the media is what causes the narrative. So they can literally get anyone to believe whatever it is they want. Unfortunately, they've been spending 50 years or longer with a lot longer, actually. But yeah, there, yeah, there's, yeah. there's been an agenda for a long time, guys. This isn't this isn't an overnight thing. Yeah. You know, COVID is not uh, uh, an accident, okay? COVID was intentional, okay? And it was also a test. They wanted to see, you know, where they are so far. The, the Agenda 2030, look it up. That's real. Yeah. You know, they're accelerating it right now. Klaus Schwab, yeah. go look up who that is. That yeah, guy's yeah. scary guy. Again, and, and believe it or not, there's people way more powerful than that clown. Like, dude, there's 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 people that are so powerful, you've never heard of them. They're not on the Forbes list. The Forbes list is bullshit. You know, the, 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 those aren't the richest people in the world. The richest people in the world are the ones doing all this. And they are literally, I would say, which sounds crazy, but it's true, I believe, 
they're Luciferians. They, mm, they, they, they are. literally, they literally worship Lucifer. Damn. And there's nothing, nothing we can do about it unless an elite group of Navy SEALs or somebody <laughs> like that. Yeah. Got together. I'm with you. <laughs> and whether we were wrong or right, we just took a we just took a guess and said, "Hey, these motherfuckers need to go." Bye-bye. And, and hopefully you're right, but even if they did that, I just don't believe it's possible. Why? Yeah. Because dude, it is so freaking deep, you don't understand. It is so freaking deep, you don't understand. Like yeah. like dude, they silenced Donald Trump. When's the last time you heard from Donald Trump? Uh, he's he's fighting mountains of battles right Dude, now. And he was the president. He's way more influential than me or anybody else that's on TV. Uh, they silenced his ass like he's a fucking chump. Yeah, they took him out, man. And and it, he's this is a nightmare for him that he's going to try to overcome. Elections, hundred percent. Thinks I'm going to believe that Joe Biden won the fucking election. Where in the middle of the night his shit went <laughs> bullshit. Yeah, yeah. and it, more votes than any elected president in the history of this country. I mean, give me a fucking break. Undeniable. Yeah. That is bullshit. We all know but, it's bullshit. There's nobody with a <laughs> rational brain in their head that would agree yeah. that it's not. And so at yeah. the end of the day, what do you do? You, in my opinion, dude, you, you focus on you. You. Focus yeah. on what you're really trying. Don't worry about all the stupid shit because you can't control the stupid shit. Yeah. You're yeah. not going to control these guys. They can yep. control you. And if you yeah. keep and if you keep thinking that you can, and you want to go out there and be some sort of martyr that's going to save the day, number one, you're not. Yeah. You're not yeah. going to save the day. All you're going to do is fucking probably get snuffed. Yeah. I mean, look at I'm some of these people, dude. Look at look yeah. at like people that cure cancer. Yeah, crazy. All you yeah, know, all a, that. There's a drug out there called fenbendazole. You ever heard of it? No. No. I don't think up, so. Look up fenbendazole. Fen, fenbendazole was a is a veterinary drug that they give to all the animals um, in the animal kingdom. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, one time this guy had cancer, and they said that you have three months to live. You're going to die no matter what. Well, it turns out he knew a veterinarian. Long story short, took fenbendazole. Still alive 23 years later. Fenbendazole mm-hmm. supposedly cures cancer, but they won't tell you that. Why? Because, well, dude, the money's not in the cure. Yeah. 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 So yeah. people say, well, then you're a conspiracy guy, Brad. I'm not a conspiracy guy. I'm a realist. I'm a common yeah. sense guy. Yeah. And yeah. common sense will tell you Joe Biden didn't win the fucking election. Common That's sense true. will yeah. tell you there is an agenda at play. Common yeah. sense will tell you COVID was fucking scam. And, dude, I, yeah. you can go back to the beginning of COVID on social media. I lost, I mean, I was getting, at one point I was getting so many followers and then I started talking about COVID being a scam. Yeah. Dude, yeah. I was shut down. I, I lost yeah. three yeah. accounts before. Yeah, it's part oh, of the wow. problem is they have this grip on media. You know, they did a good yeah. job with education. They did a good job yeah. with the media. They did a great job with Hollywood and pop culture. This has been happening since the 1950s, really, is when Lyndon Johnson really flipped a script on its head and they've done a wonderful job then like controlling the narrative and it's because they played the long game. But at the end of the day, keep uh, just for sanity, control your own little economy. I purposely put myself in Coeur d'Alene. I love my community. This neighborhood would bond together. There's more weapons here than people. It's one of the reddest states in America. Like I have a choice to put myself in an environment like you too, everyone out there listening, you can control your own little economy. That's the best you can do. And from there, like at least I, I think from there, there's a little bit of peace of mind and that 
like if shit really hits the fan, like it really, you know, if that really, if you go to turn on the lights and they don't turn on one day, like look around you, would you be happy with your environment? That was a big question I asked myself and Coeur d'Alene is the place I want to fucking be. If I had to be in America, like so big in, like these are just interesting thoughts. Get your wheels turning. I'm not, there's no suggestion on what someone should, should or shouldn't do. This was just a thought I've had, but I love this shit, Brad. It's really cool to have this conversation with you. I really enjoyed this. There's got to be a 2.0, man. I don't want to hold you too much longer, but um, you're a really cool guy and a mindset that is just intriguing, man. I love seeing your content. It always pops up, man. I love the little voices that you do or like (laughs) the the other character in the content. I love it, man. It's so good, bro. I appreciate you guys following me and I appreciate you having me on your podcast. All day, you know, baby. My we'll recommendation, my recommendation to everyone who just freaked out because of the ending, <laughs> ending of Hard this left. Story, yeah, yeah. I would just say, guys, listen, you, you, you don't focus on things you can't control. Like, yeah. I can't control these things, which is why I'm not, you know, running around trying to be some, you know, yeah, savior. You. Because, dude, you're not, you can't control it. I, I can't control any of it. And if you think you can, you're delusional. There's a great uh, distinction. I think Jordan Peterson puts it, the divinity of the individual. Like like you were saying, Brad, like, look, handle your own house. You take care of you to yep. the best of your ability. If you really care about the world, focus on yourself and you'll bless your family. I like you'll bless that. everyone around you. And there's there's a real sobriety to thinking that way. It's obvious, like, it's That's- it's consistent with how you appear to be your straight shooter. I, I appreciate, though, that you didn't, you you went there with you, us. You didn't puss out. Yeah, yeah, you didn't, you didn't like whip out on us. A lot uh, of guys would have, but at Brad. the same time, you put a nice bow on it, and it. There's a lot of wisdom in what you're saying. It's so, a ton of wisdom. Well, dude, uh, you just, really, you just, I appreciate it because you can't, you can't, and I'll argue with anybody because there'll be people, you know, bullshit. You got to try. Listen, dude, listen. You're yeah. not changing anything. So here's what I would suggest. Focus on you, focus on your family, focus on your wishes, focus on your desires, focus on your goals, and let everything that's out of your control happen. Because guess what? Deal with it when it happens. That's all you can do. I mean, not that you can't be prepared. I'm a little bit prepared, not as prepared as I need to be, but I'm prepared a little bit. But get your house in order, get your house in and then go fucking act like none of that bullshit's happening because, dude, you can't control it. So live your entire life. And die happy without worrying about any of this stuff. Yeah, Listen, I've been, I'm 54, dude. I've been hearing that the world's going to end since I was fucking a teenager. True. Yeah, yeah. Truth. Yep. And yep. if I would have been sitting there, you know, prepping and up in my mountain house and fuck, I refuse <laughs> to fucking deal with this because it's happening soon. And yeah. I've heard for a long time. Me too. I would have. I would have missed my whole fucking life. So yeah, listen, yeah, folks, don't worry about the shit you can't control. I love it. You can't control it. You can't control it. Unless you're the creator of the universe and you're not. So don't worry yeah. about it. No, it's good listen, advice, hey, man. Listen, if anybody has any kind of spirituality, we all know how it ends. True. Yeah. True. Yeah. It, and you know what? I just want to be on the right side of history. I want to align with good. And we all know what's good in our souls. We all know how it ends. Yeah. Let's yeah. just align with good. Yeah, yeah. And you know, in March, in March forward, controlling our own house, getting our own yeah, house in order. Great. great place to end. Brad, we appreciate, man. Thank you, Brad. Where can we send people? People, this is not easy to figure out, but why don't you go ahead and tell them where to send you, Brad? Dude, I would, I would honestly say, you know, Google, you know, Google, Google, baby. Google Brad Lee and you'll see a hundred different areas to find me, but you know, Brad Lee.com L E A. 
Yep. All right, Brad. All right, God bless, man. Appreciate Thank you, for you your Brad. Time. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a man on a